0: welcome this is the cgmi living springs gospel podcast stay tuned as you listen to the word of god first corinthians chapter nine it says do you know that those who run in a race all run but one receives the prize and he gives you an advice and says what? What does he say? Run in such a way that you may what? That you may what? In NIV, he says run in such a way that you may Get the prize. I'm sure every one of us here have seen a race by runners, maybe a hundred meters dash or 200 meters or 400 meters. How many people cut the rope? Even when it is called a photo finish, how many persons still get that prize, the gold medal? Two? Sometimes, they would so photo finish it that it may, one person may be above the other with just a hair's length, a strand of hair. Praise the Lord. But who gets the prize? One person. And what does the Bible tell us here? It says, run the race so as to do what? Obtain the prize. Run your race to do what? To get the prize. Run your race to do what? To finish the race and get that goal. What it means is that If you run the race and you started January and you were God, these are the things I am going to do and achieve. And you get to December and you are, Father, I have not even started. What have you done? I want you to retrospect. What have you done? Have you run the race to obtain the prize? Have you? Have you? How many of you have seen races where the person who eventually wins trips and falls at the beginning? Why did they not? just packed themselves at that time and ah, everybody has gone. Ah, I fell down. Okay. It's over. But what do many proper athletes do at that time? What do they do? What do they do? They pick themselves up and do what? And a lot of the time, because they are getting up with a re energized focus, what happens is this their adrenaline spikes up because in their mind, these people have gone. So, what do I do? I must. So, they are running with. Times 10 of the adrenaline they started with, and you see them just go and get the prize. When the prize or the goal is your focus, you don't allow things to distract you. Are you with me this morning? A lot of us are these. This is what a lot of us do. A lot of us do exactly what Peter did in scriptures. So the Bible was talking about Peter and it gave a story about Peter. It said Jesus had just finished a crusade and he told his disciples, take a boat and go to the other side. And when they were in the boat, the Bible says the storm came and the boat was rocking. And they were afraid because they thought they were going to die. And Jesus shortly started walking on the water towards them. When they saw Jesus, they saw the storm. They saw Jesus walking calmly towards them. Peter wanted to test. Can this truly be the master? If it's you, tell me to what? Come. But was Peter's goal really to meet Jesus or he just wanted to check? The rest of the story tells us that because when he got in, uh-uh. is this water or dry land Ah, ah. second step ah Jesus you know I'm like you we are doing things (laughs) but because his goal truly was not to meet Jesus the Bible says after a while he looked at the storms again and he asked himself is this real And what happened? He sank. Today, a lot of us are like Peter. We are so focused on the things that is happening around us that we fail to look up at Jesus. We are so concerned about every other thing that people are saying or what the economy is saying and believe me i'm not excusing the fact that you go to a supermarket today or you go to the market today and you buy a moodle of gari for maybe two thousand naira or rice for two thousand naira and you come back two weeks later and see that it has gone to what? I'm not excusing that fact but I asked some people this question last week and I think I'm going to ask you again the same question 10 years ago how much was a bag of rice can anybody help me in Nigeria here how much was a bag of rice? Sorry? 8,000, right? About that, really. How much is it today? December 2022. How much is it? 50,000, right? How many percent increase is that? Mathematicians help us. <laughs> About four to five hundred percent, right? How many of you have stopped eating rice because of that? Let me see your hand. Just wave at me. You told yourself, how can I buy a bag of rice ten years ago for eight thousand and today I'm buying the same bag for fifty? Rice, go. I'm not eating again. Let me see your hand. Why have you not stopped eating? Huh? Why have you not stopped eating? Help me ask your neighbor. Just help me ask them. Why have you not stopped eating rice? I thought the economy was so bad. Why did you not stop? Can we put our hands together for Jesus? Are you following the the question? Are you following the gist? The truth is this. The devil would always try to make you see how bad the situation is rather than how good and providence your God is. Are you with me? He makes you see, oh, things have gone so bad. But has God stopped providing for you? Have you become, Has it become so bad that you cannot even put a meal on the table? So why are you focused on the economic indices? Why are you focused on what people are saying? How many of you have bought a new dress in the last six months? Let me see your hand. At least you have bought one new cloth in the last six months. What of the last one year? Okay, let me do it this way. If you've not bought a new cloth or any cloth in the last one year, let me see your hand. Okay, just one person, two. But is it because the economy is so bad? I'm sure it's not because it's so expensive now, and you are like, ah, I cannot work lot again, so I'll come out naked. How many of you have tried that? Was it, is, is it easier, or is it more difficult? Which one is easier? The truth is if for some of these very basic things we have not given up then why can you not believe God to do greater than you are now? Why don't we believe God to do the thing he has promised on our lives why do we not with that mindset and focus run the race so as to get the price why do we think God has failed when truly the enemy is just messing with our minds praise the lord praise the lord let's finish that scripture we started first corinthians chapter 9 he says something he says everyone who competes in the games goes into what are you there if you're there can I hear you shout hallelujah Alright, so let's read together. Everyone who competes in the games goes into what? NIV. I'm using the NIV. Goes into what? Goes into what? What is strict training? Can somebody help me? What's strict training? He didn't just say training. He said strict training precious come and help me I need other people to help me preach today so that some of us will just get the gist come forward what is strict training? Praise God. Okay, strict training um seems like it's a persistent activity you do without um giving up. So it's strict. You have a plan. You have a schedule. You must adhere as from me, street is most adhere to it. So, if your regiment, if your schedule on that strict training is to wake up 5 a.m., when do you get up from the bed? Huh? When do you get up from the bed? Or you'll be like some of us that once the 5 a.m. alarm goes, you just do this. Five more minutes, please. The next alarm, you stretch your hand again. Another five minutes. By the third time, you are so annoyed, you just switch it off. And then you stretch by seven. Ah! If you're an athlete and you do that, would you? That be considered strict training? If you're supposed to be on the uh, training ground by five and you get there by seven, what's going to happen to you? Hmm? I'm sure others would have finished training and you'll be strolling in, right? So compare these to the goals. That we set up at the beginning of the year. How many of us really go through strict training or strict discipline on achieving our goals? How many of us? Or we try the first time, it looks like it doesn't work. How many of you have gone to the gym or tried to lose some weight? in the last one year. Alright. When you went the first day, how did it feel? The second day, how did it feel? One month later, how did it feel? <laughs> Three months later, I'm sure some of you are like, look, I cannot come and kill myself. Right? Right? whatever will happen should happen. At the end of the year, are you going to tick that goal? So, a lot of the times, to be truthful, a lot of the times, our goals are not achieved or we don't finish strong because of our pettiness. Because of our indiscipline. Because of our, it doesn't matter. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says, a little sleep, a little what? Slumber, what would happen? For some of you, poverty is not by mistake. You know why I say that? You have planned and prepared for it. And you know how you plan and prepare for it? A little what? A little what? A little, it doesn't matter. A little, I will do it tomorrow. A little, I will, don't worry, tomorrow. And guess what happens after six months? It truly doesn't matter so we'll leave it for next year what has happened to those goals nothing are you following me this morning a lot of the times let me be truthful and frank to you it's not the devil that is after you help me turn to your neighbor and say neighbor you are the one after yourself it's not your village people it is you are you following me? because truly if we sit down and that's why the bible says this Jesus says this in Matthew he says who is a man that wants to build a tower that will not first of all do what sit down and count the cost sit down and do what plan sit down and draw up a strict regiment or a strict discipline training schedule or a strict plan to be able to achieve this. And you see some of us cross the first hurdle. We actually sit down and draw that beautiful plan or we draw up that strict regiment or we put up that schedule oh you yeah, follow him now we take the first step like peter we take the second step we take the third step and when we get a little shaking what happens ah this thing is too hard Are you with me this morning i'm sorry i'm coming for a lot of people but bear with me god wants you to hear this because if you sit down today this is the first weekend in december ask yourself truly is it god that has not brought those things you're praying for to pass or you have not done your part. Who is at fault? And how you know is very simple. It's not far-fetched. Sit down, take a pen and a paper and write down, this was the goal. A- to Z. These were all the things I'm supposed to do to ensure that this goal is achieved and scrutinize one after the other, how many did you actually do? So let me use the example of someone who wants to get a new job. Can I use that example, right? So I'm praying, God, I need a new job or i want to get a business i want to pitch for a business god i'm praying i need to get this business and so what do i do i've written it down and i've prayed and i keep praying about it the next thing i'm supposed to do is what for a new job what is the next thing i'm supposed to do Huh? sorry so articulate my cv and experience in a very particular order right and what next am i supposed to do apply right so i look to all the different places that can apply and push that out does it stop there what next am i supposed to do Uh? Follow up, right? What next am I supposed to do after follow up? Uh? Pray again, right? I'm still praying. What next am I supposed to do? Uh? Sorry? Okay, develop myself and prepare. Okay, what else? continue to follow up okay so i'm doing all of that what else <laughs> research more about the companies not only company companies i'm applying to okay what next can we put our hands to for sister in there Many of us don't want to hear that. There are lots of businesses of similar, um, how do you call them, of similar profile that I can actually walk up to and say, please, can I offer my services for free? God knows that's the devil speaking it cannot be. Me? No way. But I'll give you a story and something that happened to someone very close to me. She finished you know school had her um law degree and all of that but she didn't want to practice the regular litigation law and you know I asked her, I said, look, okay, what area do you want to focus in? I said, commercial law. That's, you know, company secretary and um, all of that. I said, fine. I said, okay, there are few people I know. I'm going to pay you. I'm going to give you only your transport fare but you will go and work for them for free. So I called up this, my friend, and said, look, please, I know you will have work. She's going to come and join you and work for free. Don't pay her. The only thing I gave her was transport fare to go in the morning and come back. And I told her, if you cannot prove yourself when they are paying you zero naira, then you are not ready to work and she took it up while she was trying to do different things here and there use her skill also which is another thing after what any man said you everybody has a skill yes or no and that's why the bible says god in psalms 91 it says god would bless the works of your hand are you with me Whether you're in a paid employment or you're doing a business, what God blesses is the output that comes from you. The value that you bring to any organization or any business or anything you're doing. Are you with me? If there is no output from you, there is nothing God would bless. Even if they are paying you in an organization, they will soon sack you. I'm the one telling you. You know why? Rather than giving value, you'll be destroying things there. When they are looking to downsize and the economy is hitting, do you know what they will say? Ah, this is the first unproductive person. Take him or her out. Because there's no output of value or extra thing coming from you. So I told her, go and work for free. And the only thing I ensured I gave her was transport fare. But when she started working with them, less than six months later, in fact, the three months after, they said, "No, this girl, you, you are walking like we don't walk. It's like you have carried the whole work on your head." And they started with a very small meager allowance six months after they gave her an employment but guess what she could also have sat down at home and do what keep sending and doing what praying and praying and praying help me ask your neighbor what skills do you have in your hands Are you with me this morning? While we wait, while God may be preparing, and guess what? At the end of the day, you know, she only worked for them, and it it was even a company that was set up in the right sector that she wanted. That became a stepping stone for much bigger appointment that she got later. The truth is this, a lot of us, we want to pray and prayer is beautiful. But how many of you have ever seen God face to face? Can I see your hands? How many of you have ever prayed for something and God maybe appeared in a dream or came physically to you? And give it to you. Okay. The point I want to make here is this God works only, as long as you're on earth, only through human interactions. So help me look at your neighbor and say, Mabel. I may be the answer to that prayer you are praying. And you may be the answer to the prayer I'm praying. Are you following me this morning? You cannot sit down in isolation and expect God to walk in a vacuum. God does not work in a vacuum. Is the same exact thing with a business. You're a business person. And maybe you have a shop or you're selling things or you're trading or you're doing one particular kind of business. The extent to which God would answer your prayers to bless the works of your hand is based on how many people come to experience the value that you create. Are you following me? So take for example, Ojo Kong. Ojo is a wonderful guy. He's a fashion designer. Now, the only time you are going to, if Ojo is praying, God This year, bless me. Expand my coast. Like Jephthah, you know. Bless me indeed. How is God going to bless Ojo? Can someone help me? How? Through his handwork. How would he get clients? Hmm. Alright, so... Take for example, after that hot prayer, Ojo meets somebody and the person is like, look um, in fact, this Lagos tailors are just terrible. They are terrible. They are just horrible. They disappoint you. They do this. They do that. What is Ojo supposed to say? How about if Ojo goes like most of us? Ah, my brother, you are correct. Taylors are wicked. In fact, many of them will not make heaven. And later he says, See you later. What has just happened? Has God answered Ojo's prayer or not? You see, a lot of the time, God brings the answer right in front of our faces. But because we are not prepared we don't even know that conversation is an excellent opportunity for Ojo to say not all tailors are like that some are actually excellent and before you know he starts marketing himself and marketing the works that he does Maybe show the outfit he's putting on or show what he has done for some other people. Is he going to go leave that conversation with the client or not? Thank you, Joe. But the truth is a lot of us, when God brings such conversations our way, all we say is how bad Nigeria is. And we talk about only how bad things are and forget that we have just left our closet of prayer that God should do what? Bless you. How is God going to bless you? God has answered. He's brought the opportunity your way. But guess what happened to you? You lost it it's why the bible says in ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11 it says what it says the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong but it says time and chance happens to what everybody But a lot of the time, when God brings the answers and the opportunities our way, we are so busy complaining. We are so busy focusing on how ugly the situation is that we lose the opportunities that we're supposed to grab and the answers to our prayers. Are you with me? Are you with me? We must run the race. To so finish strong, you must run the race with the mindset to win. If you do not fit, run with the mindset that I must win and take advantage of every opportunity God brings your way, guess what will happen to you? You're going to fail. Poverty is going to come. And it will not be because God did not answer your prayers. It will be because you dragged yourself behind. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. A lot of us are like a puppy. What's the difference between a little puppy and a cheetah that is hunting a prey? What's the difference? Who can tell me? So a cheetah is in the bush and it has seen a deer at that end. What's the difference between the cheetah and a little puppy puppy? that is here sorry the puppy is spoon fed or the puppy is easily and if the puppy starts to move any little sound what will happen to the puppy He stops and looks around right it's easily distracted many of us are like puppies when it comes to facing or doing or working towards our goals. Many of us are like that. So January come, ah, ah, it's just one small thing. No, tomorrow I will do it. February, no, March. Ah, it's because of this, it's because of that. And so we give every excuse under the books not to do the things that we're supposed to do. But if a cheetah is here and sees the dare at that wall, within a split second, you will see, before the dare realizes what's going on, what has happened? The cheetah is already on it. Because it's focused. It takes itself through a strict and regimented discipline to follow through with its goals. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see the truth about the devil is this. The devil has one job. Just one job. And a lot of the times, many of us make it easy for the devil to do his job. The Bible says in John chapter 10 verse 10. What does it say about the devil? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And this is how the devil does it. He steals our attention. He steals our attention. He kills our discipline. And it destroys our focus on Christ or the goals we need to achieve. Are you following me? a lot of the things that happen around us that the devil wants us to hear or to see is to do what? To distract us, to steal that attention. Because he knows when you're focused, nothing will distract you. So he steals your attention. He steals, he just distracts you and makes it seem, oh, ah, this has happened, so it's the end of the world. Even when the worst of things happen like death, how many people have said, because my father died or my mother died, I'm not going to continue again? Have you seen anybody like that? Let me make it on a lighter side. How many people have you seen that have come to greet you and say, oh, I'm coming to condone with you that your father or your mother died and say, because of that, I'm not going to eat food. Because your father died, oh he was so dear to me. The next ten days I'm not eaten. How many of you have seen such? In fact, there's a joke about burial, especially in the eastern part. Or is it the eastern part now, the southern part, where when someone dies, there are this group of um, women that will come to the house to cry and wail. And as they are crying and wailing, they will chip in that, please, if there's food or if there's beer, bring it. We will still drink and we will still eat. <laughs> Why? I thought they were crying that someone has died. But they are asking you, don't forget we need to eat and what? Drink. Praise the lord. Help me turn to your neighbor and say neighbor. Neighbor. Nothing is worth distracting you from your goals. Help me turn to the other neighbor and say "Neighbor, neighbor. Be focused. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to be focused. And you see where the devil also Wages the battle is here, the mind. Because it's in your mind that He creates the distraction. It's in your mind that He wages the war. It's in your mind that He distracts you. It's in your mind He makes it seem that, ah, this task is too big. this task is too much after all i did it yesterday and it didn't work why should i repeat it again i've sent out 500 cvs out nobody's calling hallelujah he wages the war where your mind to distract you to get your attention to shift your focus he wages the war there sometimes it makes you believe look you can never make it in this country but yet a lot of millionaires are springing up every day i hope you know that how are they doing it and don't tell me by rituals because those doing rituals are less than one percent There are many who are legitimately turning out millions on a daily basis. Help me turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, focus. Turn to the other person and say, neighbor, focus. Do not allow the enemy win that war in your mind. 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 to 6 quickly. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as what? We do not wage war as what? So I'm going to show you, these are the reasons why, for example, personally I don't believe in all these kill and die prayers. You know why? Because those prayers are waging wars the way the world does. Russia and, and Ukraine, how they waging war? Is it not to kill and die? Exactly. The Bible says we do not wage war the way what? How does it happen? He says the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. So when you see people praying and doing all this eh, and carrying matches and the rest it's deceit from the depths of hell. That's what my Bible tells me. It says what the weapons we fight with are not what what are the weapons of the world? Guns Knives, matchets, bombs. Those are the weapons of the world. Are you following me this morning? But how do we? He says, on the contrary, they have divine power to what? To demolish strongholds. Meaning, the weapons that you have and that you use do what? Have the power to do what? Bring down strongholds. And do you know where the strongholds are? Do you know where the strongholds of the devil are? They are here. They start here. Because if the devil wins you here, he has won you completely. So once it makes you believe or take your focus away from Jesus, guess what? Once it makes you believe that, oh, you need to do something extra for God to answer you, guess what? He has won. When he makes you Not trust God's ability to bring you out of that situation Or to provide for you Guess what? He has won He has built a stronghold When he makes you believe that your village people are after you Guess what he has done? He has built a stronghold So you can't go past it Because you believe every step you take They are after you Are you following me? And so the Bible says the way to deal with that is to bring down that stronghold. Let's continue. It says, verse 5, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against what? So anything that takes itself in your mind above the knowledge of God for you, is a stronghold of the enemy. Because that's how it keeps you in bondage. Are you following me this morning? So what are you supposed to do? Bring down that stronghold. The last part of verse 5 says, and we take captive every word, every thought, to what and make it obedient to Christ so any imagination any thoughts anything in your mind that goes against God's Word for your life is a stronghold that must be brought down because until you bring down those strongholds there would always be a limiting factor to your progress Are you following me? When you believe that somebody is holding you or tying you down or ah, whatever you do, they cancel it and so you cannot move forward, guess what? Those are strongholds the devil can use to hold you back. So you will get to December, for example, from January and you're asking yourself, What have I accomplished? is just useless. These people will not allow me be. Praise the Lord. But that is not God's will for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to stop here and next week we're going to round off. We're going to continue from here next week. But today... The most important thing I want you to understand and take home are two very key things. Number one, number one, and I'm going to reiterate what I've said before. The devil can only hold you back as long as he can build those beliefs and strongholds in your mind against God's word for your life. Are you following me? Are you following me? And number two, you must run your race or you must live your life such that you are focused on winning the prize. So when you start January and you set a goal, you must do everything that needs to be done to do what? Achieve it. Because, guess what? The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Are you with me? If you go out with that mindset and understanding that, look, God has done his part already and has answered you already, there's no way you will not overcome whatever challenge that there is to hitting that goal. Stop believing those who tell you that, oh, Ah, uh, the way things are nothing can happen stop believing all those reports the bible says whose report would you believe are you with me whose report are you going to believe you must be resolute not to get distracted not to get you know allow the enemy steal your attention But you must be focused on the things that you have prayed about. That God, this, I'm going to walk towards it. I'm going to be disciplined towards these things. And I'm going to definitely achieve these goals. Can we bow our heads this morning to pray? I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to pray for yourself and I want you to pray that father help me to keep focused on you help me to keep focused on your promises concerning my life help me to be disciplined in achieving the things I have set down to do Because when God wants to change your life, what God would give you is a word. That word would produce the goals and the things you want to accomplish. And if you're not disciplined to following it, guess what? Years, year one will pass, year two will pass, year three will pass, and you would remain where you are without Accomplishing the steps you need to take to get to where God wants you to be. When God impresses things in your spirit, those things produce goals that you set out for yourself. It takes discipline, it takes focus. It takes a resolve to walk at it. Not to get tired by the way. Not to relax and think, oh, this thing cannot work. No. But to go at it with everything that you have. To trust God to the extent where at every point of your journey you are asking God what step do I take next? What step do I take next? What action, what thing do I do next? Towards fulfillment of those goals. Not to just throw your hands in the air and you're like oh there's nothing I can do. Pray for yourself. Some of us need to learn to trust God again. There's some of us here that we are at the verge of, you know, just, we're just silent at God. But in our minds, we're like, God, since you don't want to do it, okay, I'm just here. But that's not the posture that God wants you to take. That's not the belief, that's not the attitude God wants you to take. God wants you to be resolved at pursuing and following through with the things he has laid in your heart to do. God wants you to be resolved at following through. God is also happy when he sees you achieve the things he has put in your heart to do. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We're grateful to you. We know your word can never fail. I pray for everybody here this morning. I pray, oh God, for a resolve not to give up. For a resolve not to give in. For a resolve not to throw in the tower, but to trust you true and true trust you true and true that the proof of the trust in you would be to get up every day and do the things that they need to do to achieve those goals you put in their hearts that the proof of their faith in you will be the actions and the steps they take towards achieving the goals you've set in their hearts in the name of Jesus we decree oh God that every wrong belief, every mindset every belief he that told that is not of you that is against and contrary to your word will bring them down in the name of Jesus and we decree that your people would trust in you. Your people would walk by your word. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Godful podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at. GMI underscore L3.